Mr. Munson? You all right? Yes, uh, <clears throat> What happened in there? I don't know. Um, I thought I played pretty good. You know, he just a little better than me, that's all. Pretty good, huh? 186. You lost to a club player! What? That's not supposed to happen. You're carrying a 270 average. What do you expect? I mean, you guys with your 10 frames. What do you mean, you guys with your 10 frames? Well, my grandpa always taught me to bowl 15 frames. It's like I told you before. We Amish, we do everything half again as hard as you do. Ten frames. <laughs> that's, that's for Quakers. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. We're two guys talking sports movies. Glad to have you back with us today. Good to see you again, Bobby. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. I feel like these last few, we keep saying, well, we haven't seen each other for a while. Because we've kind of, with the holidays and everything else, it's just been sort of a chopped up pace that we've had getting some of these podcasts cranked out. Yeah, but we're back together again. We are. And this week's movie is Kingpin, 1996, a bowling movie. This is our first bowling movie, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely our first bowling movie. Woody Harrelson, Randy Quaid, who we just had in Christmas Christmas. Vacation, of course, and Bill Murray, who we had in Caddyshack Mm -hmm. earlier, and Woody Harrelson, who we just had in White Men Can't Jump. And Semi-Pro, not too long ago before that. That's right. So uh, a little bit different spin. Let me start by asking you this before we get into some nuts and bolts. Are you a bowling guy? Because you're the one who (laughs) sort of, not that you push for this movie, but you kind of kept suggesting Kingpin, it seems like. Are you a bowling guy? Yeah, I'm definitely a bowling person. Are you? Yeah. Have you been, like, are you in a league? Do you do all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I used to do three leagues a week. I cut no down, kidding. Yeah, I cut down to one this year, though. So It's interesting because I was thinking about this. Having grown up in the 70s, my dad was he was a blue-collar guy, mm-hmm. and he was in a bowling league, had his own bowling ball, one of, one of those kind of things. And I think back in the 70s, bowling seems like it was probably more popular sort of as a recreational sport where, like, there was a clear line between sort of blue-collar guys were the bowling guys right. and – and golf was the country club, white collar, that kind of thing. It was more associated with that. And then maybe a gradual switch in the 80s where golf really started becoming more popular. And then it, it took off in the middle late 90s with the Tiger Woods popularity. Sure. I, I think it's become more a universal sport, whereas bowling, even because like there's some TV in this where you've got Chris Shankle, who was actually broadcasting bowling. You used to see more bowling on TV, but it seems like as the golf popularity has really boomed in the last 25 or so years, bowling has has kind of taken more of a back seat. What do you think about that? Like are you talking professionally on television or recreationally like around town? I think a stuff? little bit of both, but more maybe recreationally. It seems so, like golf is the more popular choice for everyone now compared to bowling. Sure, I'm obviously in that niche, so I see it differently. Do you golf at all? I don't. I'm not very good. But a lot of people golf in the summers in the league, and then mm-hmm. they bowl in the winters in the league. Right. So it's the same people doing both. Yeah. And bowling definitely declined for a while, but now it's starting to get an uptick again. Really? Yeah. I don't know. If Any it's like, idea why? I don't know if it's people trying to push like family time and stuff for their kids to get out instead of playing video games. You know, I tried to kind of bowl just, again, because my dad was involved in it, and so I tried, and I just was never... 
that great. You know, I'd, I'd always be right around 100. Never anything. Never. I think, I think maybe 180 is probably my best game ever. Wow, never made it to the 300 level, no. huh? Have you ever had a bowl of 300? I have three of them. Do you really? Yeah. Nice. When was your last 300 game? Um, January of 2018. So a while ago. Not too long ago. Well, depends. A couple years. Yeah. I mean, so... When Kingpin comes out, it's 96. So you're like, what, 10, 11 years old, something yeah. like that? Did Kingpin have any influence on your interest in bowling? No. If I had seen this movie, it probably would have <laughs> turned me against bowling. Would your parents have let you see this movie when you're I don't 10, know if they years would, old? I don't know if they'd let me watch it now. <laughs> I know. And well, that's, you know, again, we're going to get into some of the, uh, we get into the lines and the scenes and, the, and a lot of different stuff, what we like, what we didn't like. So this is pretty. It's a pretty crude movie. So when you, you go back and look you at mentioned it. Harrelson, Quaid, and Murray, which should say that it's going to be kind of vulgar anyway. Uh-huh. But the the brothers that directed the movie, the Farrelly brothers, I didn't realize they had done you know Dumb and Dumber before this. Something about Mary, me, myself, my Irene. You know, The Ringer, Hall Pass. So there's a lot of like raunchy movies. Yeah, in there. like I think the one that I most associate them with. Is there something about Mary? Mm-hmm. And I knew that they had done some other stuff, but uh, going back and researching and kind of, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize Dumb and Dumber. But when you look at the sort of recurring themes in all these movies that we're talking about, Shallow Hal, right? That's also one. There's Heartbreak just, Kid. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of it. Even there's just a lot of sophomoric crude comedy, right, in there. And that's so when you look at the Farrelly Brothers. I mean, they've, as you mentioned, something about Mary, Shallow Hal, Fever Pitch. Fever it's, pitch. It kind of goes back and forth. Me, myself, well, and Irene, they're doing a sitcom right now called Louder Milk with Ron Livingston. I don't know if you've seen that at all. It's a pretty funny show, though. And then they won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2018. Green Book. Right, which is totally different from Exactly. This. And that's kind of what I was going to right. lead to as you kept trying to cut me off well, I didn't and know get your bullet points in oh, first. God. You're always with your research, trying to get it in there before me. Well, it's not a competition, Bobby. It's no. a show. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> thought we were just two guys talking sports movies. We are. No, you know I'm kidding. Yeah. So some of the uh, supporting roles, Chris Elliott was in there, and he was also in There's Something About Mary, which, of course, starred Ben Stiller. Uh, Claudia, played by Vanessa Angel, who you would have thought looking at her that maybe she only has 66 credits. Her most notable and and recent one probably besides this, there was a weird science TV series, which I never really realized, but they did 88 episodes, which is quite a bit. But you would have maybe thought that she would have had a little bit bigger career. Yeah, I wrote her down because I just assumed she was a star. And then I'm like, well, there's not really much to mention with her. I think what kind of stands out about this though a 27 million dollar budget for kingpin they only grossed 25 million and peter farrelly one of the two brothers he called the box office failure the biggest disappointment of the farrelly brothers career and he attributed that failure to its release during the 1996 olympics yeah which okay the olympics were probably more popular as a tv product back then but he said it was crushing but he said he had that six to eight months later when the film was released on home video, it became a big hit. And that's I think a lot of that happens with some of these movies in this window from the 90s and probably up until maybe 2010 or so is you still really had that that after effect of the DVD release. Sure. And even rental stores, they would buy. Yeah. 30 copies of the movie. Yeah. And all that's gone now because of all the streaming services. Right. But 
All these – go ahead. You had something you were going to ask me. No, I was, I was waiting okay. for you. So we've rattled off all these different Farrelly brother movies. Mm-hmm. Any of them, like where would you put this? What, what would you say is your favorite Farrelly brother movie? Or, you know, a couple of your – what would you put at the top of the heap? I'd put this and Dumb and Dumber at the top. Hmm. I would put There's Something About Mary – at the top, that's like a classic. Any t- it, and it still shows up quite a bit, whether it's Comedy Central or whatever it happens. Is that to the be. one with Brett Favre in it? It is. I've never seen it. <laughs> and that's it's interesting. The first thing I thought of because I had forgotten that Roger Clemens makes a cameo. Yeah. In this movie was Brett Favre in the next movie. There's something about Mary because this came a couple years before. There's something about Mary. Right. So something about Mary. You don't have another one you'd pick? Uh, I'd put Fever Pitch in there. Do that's you like a good Fever one. Pitch? I guess maybe it depends on if you're a Red Sox fan or not, which it, they're from that area, which I didn't really realize, but they did fever pitch. And it's, you know, it, it's a it's, rom-com. It's, it's a rom-com centered around baseball and, and maybe, you know, comes with a little bit of taste depending on what, what your personal tastes happen to be. But I thought, I think fever pitch is well, a pretty good movie. What's weird about that movie, not that we're getting into it too much, but that they actually started that movie before the Red Sox broke their streak. Right. And they had to redo the ending because, after the Red Sox won the World Series. Right. They had to and I, and I think it was it was sort of coinciding During, with that, yeah. but that the the scene at the end with uh Jimmy uh what's his Fallon? name? Fallon. Yeah, Fallon. Kimmel's the first one that came to mind. When two Jimmys <laughs> are in late night, I yeah. I always interchange their names. Fallon and and Drew Barrymore, they actually took them to the World Series and they shot that scene while the Red Sox were celebrating in St. Louis, winning that, that sweep of the 2004 World, World Series, which broke the curse. And Fallon was a Red Sox fan, wasn't he? He is a Yankees, Yankees fan, fan, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's from New York, oh. I guess. And he is a Yankees fan. But Whatever. you wouldn't know it by watching the movie. But You pay the, me, I'll like whoever you want me to. <laughs> yeah, there are some guys in some of the smaller roles, like one of Fallon's friends in that, the bald guy. No offense. The bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> Is he shows up and there's something about Mary, some of these other they use a lot of like a lot of directors will do, they they use a lot of the same people in a lot of these different roles. Like uh the Farley brothers did in this one. They used uh that woman that played the landlady. Yes. And there's an interesting note about her. Let me see if I can find that here. That they initially didn't like quickly. her. Yeah, so but she, her she, name is Lynn Shea. She plays the landlady, and she's also in There's Something About Mary, and there's a fairly, there's fairly infamous scenes for her in both. She kind of plays an older woman in both, but they didn't take her seriously, apparently, mm-hmm. um, having already cast her in a small role for Dumb and Dumber, and the suggestion of the studio... Robert Shire. Yeah, they... Uh, they had her come in to read. She was mistaken for a homeless person looking for an ashtray. They they politely asked her to to get out until they realized it was her in character for the reading. And of course, they've gone on to use her again. Something about Mary and some other movies that right. she's that she's been of their movies that she's been in. Well, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. So you would put this at the top of the list in terms I, of the Fairly Brother movies, huh? I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Okay. I thought. Heartbreak Kid. Which one was that? Is that Ben Stiller in it's it? A, it's a Ben Stiller, and I can't remember because there's he he did a few kind of around the same time that one had Jennifer Aniston, one had um, I think this one had Jennifer Love Hewitt. Was maybe. it Jennifer Love Hewitt? Wow, one or had maybe. Um, what's her name from Will and Grace? Um, the redhead. Oh, Deborah Messing. Yeah, one had Deborah Messing. That was yeah. I remember, that one some, wasn't good. Along came Polly, maybe. 
Yeah. Anyway, anyway, to me, yeah. they kind of all those Ben Stiller movies, you know, rom coms kind of meshed, gelled a little bit. Interesting that both Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray appeared in Zombieland together 13 <laughs> yeah. years later, 2009. Murray and Chris Elliott were also in Groundhog Day together. Right. Groundhog Day was a great movie. So give me your pitch. I th- yeah, Groundhog Day. That's my favorite Bill Murray movie. Big hit, early mid 90s, right around this same window. I think it might be my favorite Bill Murray movie too. Uh, that Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah. Right there. Honestly, I felt like this movie needed more Bill Murray in it. <sighs> now I know you like this movie. So what do well, you give me give me your so, give me your elevator pitch. Why do you like King well, so much? I was going to go I don't want to put you on the defensive. But. I was going to go with a negative, but I can do that later. Okay. We'll talk about stuff that bugs us later. I thought it was a funny movie. It's it's the characters evolve during the movie, so that's what I like. Yeah. Do you want to just do stuff that bugs us right sure, off the top, or sure. do you want to, or do no. you want to do some more positive stuff first? Do you I, want to do kumbaya before we get into the? We've never been a us? kumbaya type of people, so let's just go right for it. <laughs> we kumbaya sometimes. Yeah. You kumbaya, I kumbaya. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll come right by it. Don't uh, worry about it. Let me see. I'm I'm looking for my list of of stuff. That bugs me. Well, I'll start. The very first scene, there's okay, a strike. There's only nine pins that are set up. Oh, you're going to get into technical bowling no, stuff. As I'm watching it, yeah, as a bowler, I'm like, that doesn't look like a normal rack. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out there was a pin missing. Okay. Well. That bugged me. I think it's too long. It is. It's two, it's two hours long. Needs to be closer to like an hour 40 probably. Max, hour 40, hour 45. At least 15 minutes shorter, right? We can agree on that. Yeah. And I think you're right about the character evolution but it really meanders after the first hour when they get into going back to Roy's hometown he and Claudia go back there they try to develop this relationship and then Ishmael played by Randy Quaid is working at the strip club and I just thought it was all just really useless ill-spent time that could have been better spent like with more Bill Murray, or even more Chris Elliott, who I have yeah. always thought is an underrated, funny guy. I was waiting for Chris Elliott to come back, and he—he he, I mean, he kind of did to offer him a million. <laughs> it was anyway, weird, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought the same thing. I thought in my mind you could cut out a half hour. They don't need to have that fight in the parking lot where they lose Ishmael, yeah, and then go exactly. on the search for him. They don't need any of that. No, and they don't. They could have got to him breaking his hand quicker. I think. Yeah. I, so I don't even know if you needed more Bill Murray. I think if you take out that whole chunk, it would have flowed better. And you would have felt like there's more Bill Murray because, because the ratio. Have, yeah, because you would have yeah. taken out this one. You know, so is, is it a goofy movie or is it a love story? Because it's trying too much to be a love story for some reason, which I really didn't get. Like those two characters, Roy and Claudia, they don't have to be a love interest. They just have to be there together. And there could have been more comedy to carry it through rather than, oh, let's go wax poetic about Roy's childhood home and all just this weird stuff. I don't understand that weird turn. Plus, I kind of felt like um, there's too much double crossing. It was like white men can't jump, but like worse. Yeah, exactly. Because like, oh, she actually knew the Bill Murray character. uh, Claudia did, it turns out. And then that all that that was in there for is that she called him 13 times to throw off the guy. Just don't make him come back. It's interesting that you brought up the white men can't jump because they're they're Hustling, just right. like in White Man Can't Jump with the bowling, or at least they're trying to. And I thought that there could have either been more of that or at least they're driving cross-country to go to Vegas, for the or not Vegas, but Reno, Reno Nevada, yeah. for this big bowling tournament. I felt like there could have been more, at least like they're stopping off in Oklahoma 
or New Mexico Hustle. for yeah, whether it's hustles or even just bowling tournaments and getting into a little bit more hijinks that way than than the love stories and just this odd all of a sudden here's makeup and a bikini Randy Quaid on a stripper pole, which was just really you know, again, crude humor, but I just thought it was it now sitting here yeah. twenty some twenty three years after the fact, it was more a turnoff than than funny, I thought. One of the reviews that Siskel and Ebert had, I think it said, was a really funny movie, but every time it was on the verge of being a really good movie, it would be just random. Going and, a different yeah. direction. Yeah. It would either get too vulgar for no reason or too random. Right. And well, And then another thing that bugged me, okay, so Roy lost his hand. He lost his right hand, his bowling hand. They shoved it in the ball mm-hmm. return, and he ends up having it But his amputated. ring is fine. Yeah, his ring is fine. That's a good point. It's been 17 years. Why in that 17 years didn't he just teach himself to bowl with his left hand? Or. Because, I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Or he enters the national tournament, which is really in Reno. That's factual. Okay. And then he just, after like one ball of throwing his hand down the lane, he figured it out. Now he's really good again. Right. So you didn't even. But he's not going to bowl with that rubber hand. I mean, let's just. It's like if he shakes his hand. He has no feel for that hand. If he shakes his hand, the fingers just squish. But when he puts him in the bowling ball, he can bowl? Exactly. Because so, it's just a floppy rubber hand. Yeah, There's nothing to right. it. He can't grip with but that thing. apparently he did because he bowled <laughs> with that hand in the tournament. But this is stuff that bugs us. Yes. Right? So And it does. The scene so the, where the priests are hosting down the naked guys, what was that? Do you remember that? I don't. I didn't even see that one. It just popped up out of nowhere. It's like... I don't think I watched a censored version, but... They were, and I've got it on the DVD, they lined up. There's all these naked men, including Roy, <laughs> and I think um, Ishmael as well. I don't know if they're staying there or what, and they're up against a wall, and the priests hose them down from behind. That's weird. You I don't remember that? I, Were you drinking when you watched this? Nope. <laughs> Wish I was now. And then other thing. That's a. <laughs> why did Ishmael's brother have to come to Reno to Just, get him? And like, couldn't it? Couldn't Ishmael have just gone home after the bowling tournament was over? Why did he could have just said, "Okay, tournament's over. Now I'm leaving. I'm disappointed." Why did his brother have to come? I'll get take it? the defense on that one. Okay, I agree with you that it's kind of unnecessary. They could have wrote it quicker, more efficiently. Okay, but I think the thought is he was never going to go back home. Okay, he was going to stay on the road with Roy and Claudia, so that was the only way to get him back. Okay, I guess I can see that. Or if they'd won the money, they probably would have spent it all, and, they, and then he wouldn't have gone back. So yeah. this way. All but right. you're right. They could have written it better. Just made him go home after it. Yeah. So did your opinion change at all after watching it again, Bobby? It's so funny because like, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, this is great. And then I got kind of bored, and I liked it again, and then I really didn't like it for a while. Yeah, I again, with all the, the – I'm assuming that we both right. probably lost some interest along the way in the parts that I've been talking about, where it really drags, where they – you know, here's yeah. Claudia and Roy and doing their <laughs> driving around in that car that he won. Because you because re- it really didn't set up any real love interest. No, either. It, you know? it doesn't even like at the end. It's not even a for sure thing. No. And I mean, we've talked a lot in these movies about how in 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 whether it's just a sports movie or a comedy that's not a rom-com in general, you have the love interest to, to try to create some more connectivity for a broader audience and i just don't think that this one really works at all yeah and they the how disheveled they made uh woody harrelson roy look in this it's like come on she wouldn't stay with him and they double cross each other how many times yeah so there's no there's no level of 
that they're going to stay together. Yeah. Um, do, do you think it needs a sequel or it should be remade? Am I jumping ahead? I could see him remaking it, but I would do it differently. Again, I, I mean, there were uh, to me, I would try to more try comedy to carry the comedy right. throughout. I, I mean, you had a guy like Bill Murray who maybe he wasn't that far removed from Groundhog Day, so maybe he wasn't a big star, but he was still of the of the names in this movie. I mean, Murray and Harrelson. Sure, I mean those are two pretty big names, and I think Murray was the bigger name in 1996 because again, he wasn't that far. Off Groundhog Day, and he did Scrooge. He did What About Bob? Yeah. So, and Space Jam came out in '96 as well. I just, I, I think you needed more Bill Murray in this. Is it also? And I'm just, I don't know. If you had more Bill Murray, would you think maybe less is more? Like if you just kind of got bombarded with, That's he's a kind of point. a jerk. Like that nobody could, can it, see through him. It could be too much. But I mean, he had some fun. And we're going to get to yeah. lines and scenes. He had yeah. some of the more memorable scenes in there. Anything? So to me. I don't know. I don't think my opinion necessarily changed. I knew that there was going to be some crude kind of sophomoric stuff in there. I think it as as someone who's on the north side of 50 right now, I think it punched me in the face a little bit more than when right. I watched yeah. it last time. Yeah. And I mean, the Farrelly brothers were were like right around 40 years old when they made this. So it's it's a little bit like I yeah, you get some of it, and there's something about Mary, but I don't think it's quite to this degree yeah. right here. Yeah, this, a, this is the highest level, I think, for them. A movie 43 was pretty raunchy, wasn't it? 43. Movie 43 came out in 2013. I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah, I think that was one of the... It's, was that one of theirs? I, yeah, but I think it's like for younger people than okay. me, even. Okay. Anything new that you noticed that you didn't notice watching it before? It surprised me how many one-liners there were. I mean, yeah. I, wrote, I didn't write down a bunch of them because I, I don't know, but like I did the Roger Clemens thing I thought was pretty cool because I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Way, I mean, he was way off my radar. That was something that maybe 15 years ago I would have remembered that he was in that scene, but having not seen it in at least 15 years, yeah, I'd, for, I'd completely forgotten that Clemens was in it when he comes in that bar. What annoys me about that scene is that Roy punches Ishmael with his right hand. Yeah. He that's does, been cut he? off. Yeah. So... And then he also, he also had a bowling ball, that gold ball. I know the name of it because I know people that have used it, and that ball wasn't around in the 70s or 80s. Really? So well, that now, particular brand, that so particular ball. So you're talking about when it was supposed to be – because we right, have three different right, windows right. of time. We've got when Roy's young, when he's talking to his dad at the beginning. Yep. We've got what? Is it seven 79, years later? 1979. Yeah, 79, and then it jumps forward 17 years yeah, after that. So in 79, that ball didn't exist. Okay. But, All right. I mean, that's a small thing, I guess. Yeah. I guess the three things that stood out to me the most, in addition to Roger Clemens being in there, is the musical people or acts that were in this. Urge Overkill, who did uh, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, for example, for the Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. soundtrack. They did the national anthem. At the bowling alley. Yeah, Sister Havana, maybe one of their biggest... Hits uh, so urge overkill was in it. John Popper, I had forgotten all about being in it. Do you? Are, we, are you? So you're a little bit too young probably to remember the Blues Traveler. Oh, I know popularity. I remember Blues Traveler. They run around. He was actually in this movie twice, wasn't he? Because like he he was. He yeah. is the MC at the tournament in Reno, and then at the very end, playing. They're, the, they're the band playing the harmonica. Through the, yeah, through the closing credits, they're they're doing the song there. So yep. John Popper, and then Jonathan Richmond. As well, I remember him more for There's Something About Mary, because what's unique about that is you actually, a lot of times you 
you know, there's a song that they'll play while you're watching a scene. But in, there's something about Mary, Jonathan Richmond, and his little, I think it was a three-man crew, one or two or three-man crew, you would actually see them Playing. singing. Yeah. So Jonathan Richmond is in this as well. He sang in the bar at one point, and I think he might have been in, in one other, uh, you know, like one other song or something like that. So bringing in a lot of musicians. Yeah. Some unique ones. So I thought that was pretty cool. But again, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that, that Richmond was in there. Because he knows them. Yeah. He's in the next one, too. So we've already done stuff that, bu- stuff that bugs us. So you want to get to lines and scenes? Sure. Those are positives, right? Yeah. I mean, in general, I, I do think this is a funny movie. It's, it's, it's a good movie. Again, it's a little more crude right. than I remember. But you, I think you know going in to a Fairly Brothers movie, especially those from that time period in the 90s. you got to give a little get, raunch to gonna it. You're going to get some crude yeah. comedy. But um, – I just, I think we both agree that they could have that, that they could have tightened it up a little bit and been even funnier throughout than what it ended up. Yeah, being. two hours is a long time to sit through this. Yeah, exactly. All right, start us off with a favorite line. Favorite line. Um, when at the very beginning we teach him how to bowl, and he's like, "Son, if you put that in a bottle, you got something special, right? Or something sweeter than Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I thought that line was sweeter pretty funny. Than That's right. When they're in the diner. Ernie and Roy are eating breakfast, and then there's the table full of women sitting over there after Roy leaves and Ernie McCracken, Bill Murray, is still sitting there at the table, and he looks over, and he says, hi. And the blind, the blonde lady says, hi, back, and he goes, no, not, not you. Not you, <laughs> you. Hi to the other one. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Not you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, um, you got a great gift, son, if angels come down from heaven and put a blessing on your three bowling digits you can apply everything i've taught you about bowling to your daily life if you do that you're going to be a decent you're going to be moral and you're going to be a good man and of course we sets find up the out, whole movie yes, yeah exactly and then I, and i think it's right after that where we flash forward for the first time like seven years or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was ernie to the waitress in that same diner do me a favor do you mind washing off the perfume before you go yeah. back tank rain tap you can come in sweets i got a long drive do me a favor will you you mind wash off that perfume before you come back to our table? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, no surprise, ad-libbed it Bill all. Murray's lines were all ad-libbed. He would kind of generally scan whatever the script was supposed to be, and then he would just ad-lib everything, and the Farrelly brothers, of course, loved it. Right. That's why he did in Caddyshack, and that's why they yeah. had to cut the movie down. That's right. Bring the gopher the in. The scene that you like the least, the Cinderella story, which there was a reference to. Yeah, in isn't this. that great? There's a few... Little Easter egg references to a lot of different movies in this, and some of them we'll get to over the Um, course here. I like when he's bowling with the priest, and I didn't. At this point in the movie, I don't think you're supposed to know the priest is hustling them as well, right? And he goes, "Bowling is my only vice." And then, like, they hand him a drink. There's a beautiful woman. He's like, "Ah, well, two vices." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I thought that I had, I might have something about the priest in here someplace. Um, Ernie, the six seven ten spare. You'll pick that up the day my hair starts falling out. And, of course, again, it's more foreshadowing because in the Reno scenes, he's got the crazy horrible hair. comb over. And, yeah, he's got he's got the uh, male pattern baldness and everything. Uh, was it Ishmael that looks in the back seat of the car, I think, at one point? He goes, hey, what's all that sugar for? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly right. referencing cocaine. Right. That was well, funny. but he also put the sugar in his gas tank, too. Remember? Oh, that's right. So maybe it was sugar. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't Still a get... funny line. <laughs> yeah, it was either way. Yeah. 
Now, this is going to cut into the, some of the crudeness, but again, <laughs> it's Kingpin, so brace yourself if you're listening. There might be a couple crude references from, <laughs> from time to time. Just from you. I stayed away from him. Roy has the milk mustache and the bucket oh. when he's he thinks he's milking a cow. and Took him a while to get going. It's not coming out. Yeah, I hope you don't mind. I got up a little early, so I took the liberty of milking your cow for you. Yeah, it took a little while to get her warmed up. She sure is a stubborn one. Then, pow, all at once. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. Ah. I'll brush my teeth. And again. <laughs> yes. Disgusting. <laughs> but it was it was it was laugh out loudable. Yeah, Go I ahead. didn't remember that one. You did yeah. He's like, I can't drink coffee because it's a stimulant or whatever. And he's like, Well, yeah, but so is a cigarette. And he goes, Oh, Leave my coffee extra large, two sugars, lots of cream. <laughs> right. Make sure there's lots of cream. Lots of cream. Roy to Ishmael. It's round, has three holes. You stick your fingers <laughs> in it. Ishmael says, you leave Rebecca out of this, mister. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did like the crude line. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, Ishmael, I'd sooner get Munsoned out of here than lose faith in my friends and family when Roy first finds out that. On that the highway. He, yeah, that. That he has become a catchphrase, and of course. Now pull the car over. Let me out of here. You know this is silly. You've only been gone a couple of days. They'll forgive you. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mr. Munson. They'll probably forgive me. They expect me to come home with my tail between my legs, but I won't do it. I'd sooner get Munson out here in the middle of nowhere than lose face in front of my friends whoa, and family whoa, again. Whoa, what'd you just say? I said I don't want to lose face in front of my friends and family. No, before that. I, I said I'd sooner get Munsoned out here in the middle of nowhere. Munsoned? What the hell is that? You know, Munsoned. Uh, to be up a creek without a paddle, to, to have the whole world in the palm of your hand and, and, and then blow it. You know, it's a figure of speech. Which, again, is referenced at the end in that commercial that yeah. he's watching of Bill Murray. Yep. I like when Roy goes, you lost to a cub, club player. That's not supposed to happen. You're carrying a 270 average. He goes, what do you mean? You guys with your 10 frames. Goes, what do you mean 10 frames? Goes, Grandpa taught me to bowl 15 frames. Like I told you before, we Amish. We do everything half again as hard as you. <laughs> Inside bowling humor there, Yeah, though. Like 15 course. frames, yeah. Yes, that someone who was in three leagues a week would, would definitely appreciate. Yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> I, I ask people how many 300s they have. Oh, you've never even had that in a series, have you? Ishmael, I didn't want to be the one to tell him, but with those narrow hips, that girl couldn't <laughs> yeah. have more than six, seven children. <laughs> Which he also, what did he say about Bill Murray later in the movie? He said something about his childbearing. You need to get his get those childbearing hips, hips out of here. here. Yeah. <laughs> when, him, when Roy and Claudia are kind of going back and forth, and who are you, Alfred Einstein, instead of... They're calling Albert, each other the wrong name. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I noticed that as well. And then when they when they get into the fight in the parking lot, Roy tells her she kicks him in the privates and he says, "You must have a really wide foot. You got both, both of them." them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about when the the waitress comes over, the one that's eventually going to lead to the Roger Clemens scene? She goes, "Hey, they're handsome." And uh, Roy says, "Hi," and she goes, "She said handsome, not handless." <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. Yep. The kid, there's the commercial that Ernie McCracken <laughs> does, and the kid at the very end, because it's, it's all about how Ernie's helping the single moms and the kids <laughs> yeah, and, and the sure whole is. thing. And the kid, the kid, so it's the Unified Fund commercial. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, Mr. McCracken's already here. Already home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they kept referencing, like he goes, you know what they say about forgiveness in the Bible? And then they're like, no. Or they're like, yeah, do you? At the first scene when he drops the house. Uh-huh. And then he says that to Ishmael in the car. 
he goes, you know what it says about forgiveness? And he says that it's against it, right, or whatever. So right, I right. thought that was kind of nice how they tied that in the whole time. That shows Ishmael was evolving. I guess so. I never thought about it that way. Into a worse, into more of a Roy person. Any more lines before we move to scenes? Uh, Cinderella story developing here. Yeah, and which, there you go again. I thought that was reference funny. to Caddyshack. Um, they I like when the Bill Murray's going to bowl and they say, "Look at that form. Look at that left arm out there," because he bowled kind of weird. <laughs> uh-huh. But I guess he actually bowled those three strikes at the end. And I saw that. Like so, the crowd was actually clapping for him because he actually bowled them. Really into it. I wonder what kind of. Bowling enthusiast Bill Murray was. Oh, I was they curious, too. Couldn't find any really in the research, could you? No, I read that Woody Harrelson was terrible. Really? They said that in the entire time of shooting, he had like three total strikes. Wow. It's so not it, quite as hard work to look like a bowler compared to a basketball I player. I think they nailed it with his hair and his everything. <laughs> That's true. His That's balding. True. All right, favorite scenes. Roy is on tour. You see him getting ready to bowl. This is at the start of the movie. There's kind of a close-up of him. And you hear, it's like you're watching bowling on TV, and you hear the announcer, and he's going through all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a TV announcer. And it's our introduction to Bill Murray, because then they pan out, and it's actually Bill Murray sitting, sitting there in next the background, to him. essentially heckling him yeah. while he's getting ready to make his approach. And he's like, sir, I didn't talk when you were bowling. Do you mind? <laughs> right. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, the first scene I wrote down was when they first tried to hustle. Yeah, I thought that was pretty well done. I've got that too. They they run the hustle at the bowling alley, the, as you said. The guy's dressed as a priest, and then uh, he says, "You know, by the time they're out in the parking lot, if I'm a priest, you're a dictionary salesman." Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next scene I had is when um, I thought this was brilliant. I kind of saw it coming, but I wasn't totally sure. But it was really well written when he saves the landlady. She's getting saves the landlady. She's gonna about to get stabbed. Because oh, the right, right, guy's right. taking her purse, yeah. and then it turns out they were in cahoots, and he yeah. paid him 20 bucks. To... That, was, that was the guy that was in Fever Pitch that I was talking about. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that scene was pretty funny. And then yeah. he spills coffee on him a second time, yeah. throws him out the window. <laughs> when, he, when he spills uh, coffee on the baby, that'll wash out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's more <laughs> right. a line. It's right still. before that scene, yeah. But then the next scene is when Roy has to atone for the fact, because then the landlord comes in, she's got some vodka, and she finds out that she's been yeah. fleeced in this whole deal. And so oh, no. to pay it back, <laughs> he, of course, God. has to do some unproud things. Yes, with the landlord. Some people never learn. I... You are history. I am calling the cops. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa. Hey, now, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. You have every right to be angry, okay? Just take a deep breath. There's got to be some way I can work this off. Some way I can make it up to you. No, 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 no. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've got to talk with you again. So when it's done... He's kneeling at the porcelain god in the bathroom, and then... He drank too much of the vodka. Yeah, that's what it was. But then (laughs) the shot that they have is like in The Graduate, where she brings her leg up, and you see him kind of in the the crook of her leg, just like the famous Dustin Hoffman scene from The Graduate. So again, there's there's a lot of throwbacks to some classic different stuff. Paying homage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that they do the training montage with Ishmael. He's trying to teach him how to bowl better. They're going back and forth, and they end up in a bathroom, and they're chit-chatting. And he's like, you're going to have to figure some stuff out for yourself. 
And then Ishmael goes, I can figure some stuff out for myself, and it shows him <laughs> taking a dump in the urinal. <laughs> By the way, this will go back to some of the stuff that bugged me, but the montage sort of after they rescue Ishmael, they mm-hmm. get him back and all this different stuff. That it was like it was don't need any again. Of it. it was too much when they're standing there and they've got the floss and he's got the that's like, disgusting. It's yeah, Ugh. chunks of meat hanging off the floss and that. That's where I felt like it just way too a much. little bit yeah. too much. A little bit too much. My last favorite scene is the one where they're at the bar, Ishmael and Roy, and then Chris Elliott comes up oh. and makes the indecent, indecent proposal. proposal. Yeah. He's, uh, he offers Roy a million bucks to sleep with Ishmael. A little down in your luck. If you only knew. Mmm, geez, that's tough. Wheezy. Woo! Look at George and Wheezy go. What is that <laughs> fat-ass model doing my lottery ticket? Well, look, I've uh, got a little proposition for you. I'm all ears. I will pay you one million dollars to sleep with your friend here. One million dollars, one night, cash. Just throw that out. You two mull it over and get back to me. I'll be back here. What's there to mull over? I mean, are you going to set that creep straight or should I? I'll handle it. But then, of course, it is a dream. But even in the dream sequence, it's funny. You see Ishmael laying on his stomach crying. No, but the actual proposal, I thought, happened. But it's then it's the dream. The dream comes after that where, where Roy is thinking about, well, if I did it, then I'd, ha- I'd be rolling in all this money and all that stuff. I don't think so. See, I thought it, I thought the proposal actually happened. It could go either way, the right? Big, yeah, the bigger point I was going to make is, of course, it's a it's a nod to the movie Indecent Proposal that Woody Harrelson Which was, was in, in right. with Demi Moore and Robert Redford makes the Indecent Proposal. Yeah, I, I don't know if he actually made that proposal or not, though, because I think that— See, I thought, that, I thought that that actually happened, and then the dream sequence— was the next shot right. where you where you've got if him sitting on the floor? Yeah, yeah, like if I if well if I do this, he's sort of imagining well, but and then they but then they flash back to reality again. I think you were but, either smoking something pretty good, or well, no, because when they know, flash back, he's gone already. You went to a dispensary in Michigan, <laughs> or you were drinking something no. fairly heavily while you were watching Chris, this because I, I don't feel like your attentiveness on these scenes. Is quite on par, Bobby. Elliot wasn't there when they flashed back, so that's why I assumed it never happened. But he walked off. They showed him walking off. <sighs> well, why did he have to? Well, okay, never mind that. All right. He Do you have any other scenes? Woody Harrelson was on more stuff than I was, I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, that's, that's a valid point, too. Woody Harrelson, known dispensary partaker. Oh, what? is he? Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff about Woody Harrelson. I think he lives in Hawaii, and... He does not like air conditioning. He will avoid air conditioning at all costs because of what he thinks that sort of condensed air does to your body and things like that. He is oh, so he he's is nutty. all natural. Yeah. Huh. Well, the first movie I ever saw him in was Zombieland, to be honest. Okay. So that's how I kind of always picture him. I don't think I've seen Zombieland. So you saw the original. Have you right. seen the, the sequel one. that just came out? Yeah, that was pretty good, too. Thumbs up to both? Oh, yeah. I think the second one might have been better because you know what to expect. They play into their niche a little bit more. Yeah. Was um, what's her name? The redhead was Emma, she, Emma Watson. Emma, no, 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 Emma no, no, no. Stone. Emma Stone. Emma was Stone. she in the first one? Yeah. Okay. Jesse Eisenberg was also in the first one. Yep. So they're all back together. Yep. yep. So I need to see the first one and then watch the second one. Yeah, they throw a lot back to the first one, but it's pretty funny. Okay. Was Bill Murray in the second one? Yes, he was. 
they they mm-hmm. have a huge thing about him and how that how he all got started in the first one. They show more backstory. Okay. So yeah, he's still in them. I never really got into anything zombie related, so it's, maybe that's why I stayed away from it's it. It's not necessarily a zombie movie. Yeah. It's like some of the funny scenes they have in that. They always have like this update on the zombie kill of the year, mm-hmm. and they show different ways people have killed zombies, and they're always very comical. Right. Okay. So now we're at the point where we look at the cast. Any casting changes well, you would have made to this movie? Now, there's some interesting names that were connected that were considered for this movie, first of all. Do you want to, do you want to name one or two? Well, sure. I think Tom, Tom Hanks would have been a really good um, Ishmael because he could have played like kind of his Forrest Gump character. Tom Hanks. <laughs> that, that wouldn't have been bad. Yeah, as ish, not bad at all. Right, because he can play like that dumb kind of simple. Maybe not dumb, but simple-minded. I don't mind that about that time. Jim Carrey was the first choice yeah. for Ernie McCracken, and of course he did Dumb and Dumber, so that's the connection he had Makes to the Farrelly Brothers. I don't know about that. He had just done uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective in '94, and then he did the Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls follow-up in '95, and then Cable Guy in '96. This came out. In 96. That might have been too a much. A little bit too much. I think it would have been too much. He's yeah. too much over the top, the yelling. Yeah. Like, Bill Murray played that slime ball just right, I think. Yeah. But then... Um, Michael Keaton. Yeah, for Considered Roy. for Roy. He's had a weird career. Yeah, he has. It's up and down. Because really funny for a while, then kind of took a serious turn. And this would have been really a jump back into, obviously, some pretty steep comedy yeah. for him. I think that Woody Harrelson did a better job than Michael Keaton would have. And I think that Michael Keaton almost would have been the Ernie McCracken, Bill Murray yeah. character more. Yeah. When I read it, I wasn't even looking at the name. I just assumed they meant Ernie. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage <laughs> turned down Woody Harrelson's role for Roy Munson. Yeah. I think Woody would have was a better cast than that. I think so, too. Because Nick, Nick Cage, Cage would have always, been interesting. Nick Cage almost is like kind of like Keanu Reeves where he's just like too cool to like – Right, play like he wouldn't have pulled it off as well. That's why, I was, but I I was thinking like because I could see Nick Cage with the Ishmael Amish hairdo, yeah, like if he was Ishmael, but just because of his general persona, I don't know that he would have been good as that. And he hasn't done any raunchy comedies, has he? No. And then the last one was uh, George Clooney was considered to play the role of Stanley. Who? Which one was Stanley? I think was that the uh, uh, the girls boyfriend where, where they go to the mansion oh. and they're bowling in the basement i think oh. that was stanley huh yeah doesn't Not matter much yeah well there's another big name that i saw this chris farley's agent yeah. says that chris was offered the part of ishmael but his contractual obligation to appear in black sheep that same year kept him out of it now i think that would have been really funny if you had chris farley you, so you think jim carrey would have been over the top but chris farley wouldn't have been two completely different kind of of comedies, the physical comedy would have been a lot better. I just think a little goes a long way with Jim Carrey. They were they were both in their prime at this point, ninety six. Yeah, but or maybe Farley was just starting to come into it. But oh, uh, I think he was there. Yeah, because Black Sheep was great. Yeah, and Tommy Boy was before that, wasn't it? Yes. So he already. But I, then, didn't Chris Farley ever play an Amish person? I could picture him with the I beard. I feel like he might have in something. Yeah, that's a good call. Norm MacDonald was on SNL at the time. I think he, Colin Quinn, even Chris Elliott would have made interesting Ishmaels. Obviously, Chris Elliott, because he's in the movie. He's already in the it, movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, they would have been good fits. Would have, would, would have offered a little bit different quirk to it. Do you think if Vince Vaughn could have played it? I think he could have, but he also wasn't. I mean, none of them, I guess, were really well known. Swingers came out right around this same time, a few years after, right after Rudy. Yeah. Then, and then they actually had Will Ferrell in this movie. He was yeah. doing a lot of the background yelling, I guess, <laughs> which but is interesting. He could have played probably a good Ishmael if they remade it. What role could Kevin Costner have played? I think Kevin Costner, he could have played. I think he could have played the Bill Murray role, not as well as Bill Murray. Yeah, but I could see him being this like slimy, like that would have been interesting. Like it's a little bit of a comedy for him, but not because like the the raunchy stuff Bill Murray does. Like we see it obviously, but it's subtle. Like in the movie, everybody thinks he's a wholesome guy, you know, helping these single women with kids and stuff. But really, so I think Costner could have pulled that off. Right. Yeah, I think that would have been interesting as well. I think even like maybe he could have been one of the TV. Announcers. Now, they actually had Chris Schenkel, who really did the PBA tour on ESPN. So, I mean, I think if you've got that, you don't need it. But I think that's something he could have done. Or even like the Chris Elliott thing, because yeah. he would have been sort of a, a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. Kind of, I still think Chris Elliott's comedy was wasted on this movie. It was. I, I think he should have had a bigger role in this. Or Costner could have been the guy that was bowling in the basement, the rich guy. Yeah. Or, yeah. He, or he could have been the priest, something like yep. that. What role would Dwayne The Rock Johnson have played? See, I'm going to go off the path with this one. I think he would have been a funny Ishmael. You, you could have completely <laughs> like changed the tone. Like if you were remaking it yes. now. Yeah, you could completely change the tone of him. Although it's Amish. Uh, well, so I don't know how many we, we can know, let minority that go. Amish you're going to have. We'll put him in a different thing. or like he, mm-hmm. Maybe he's in a slow class or something like Benchwarmers was. I think he would be... The, the the Stanley guy, the the rich guy in the basement. I think that's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like if you're casting it today. Wow. Yeah. I would have Will Ferrell as Ishmael. Yeah. And I would have who would be my Roy Munson? Who would be your Roy Munson? Like from right now? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> uh you could probably well, you think Brad Pitt could pull it off? Ooh. Hmm. Interesting. Who are you going to say? Could. Yeah, I mean, if you made him have that same hair that looks silly, and yeah, I think a Billy Bob Thornton would play it well. Yeah, because he's shady enough. We always go back to Ben Stiller, but I feel like Ben uh, Stiller would be pretty good at Roy. Yeah, yeah, kind of the corn, you know. Yeah, woe is me. Yeah, everything's going wrong. Who would be Bill Murray's Ernie McCracken though? That might that, even be the better role for Will Ferrell. I don't well, know. I think that would be a Vince Vaughn role more. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a great point. I mean, in a comedy, because we always Because he's have an ad lib guy, too. You put right. him as Bill Murray. So Vince Vaughn is Bill Murray. Will Ferrell is Ishmael. Right. And then Roy Munson. I just had Ed Helms. Uh, he's annoying to me, but. Do you need more of a. Serious tone to the person? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. You're not an Ed Helms guy? No. I don't think Steve Carell would be good. No. See, I still think Ben Stiller. I'd, I'd maybe put, that's too much with the other two guys as well. You could put like a, maybe Justin Timberlake. He could play it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like Ben Stiller that much. Okay. So. You're not a Ben Stiller fan. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, final little thing. Did we mention 
Brett Favre was in there something about Mary because we had yeah. the Roger yes, Clemens. Okay, we did mention that. So it's interesting that they found those Thanks for listening. little random cameo sports tie-ins yeah. that they did to both those movies. Yeah, I asked you, was Brett Favre in that one? Went, oh, yeah, he right. was. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Does it hold up over time? So, okay, yes, it, I think it does, but it's 96. So, like, when they – 17 years later when he's in that tournament – that's not a timepiece anymore. That's, yeah. That was modern day, right? Now, when we ask this question, there are different ways to look at it. Sure. And I think, I think that just, just the story holds up over time. The, mm-hmm. the general storyline, right? Like, yeah. you could do something like that. Yeah. But this is a Fairly Brother movie. Yeah. What's the resounding theme that we had about this? It's raunchy. It's crude. The raunch. Yeah. Nobody's making this movie. No. Today and it might have kind of started to die with Shallow Hal. I don't know, but yeah, maybe, nobody. That's kind of where Grant Paltrow's career took a turn. But <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that's uh, so from, from so from that aspect, nobody's making this kind of movie anymore. No one no one's making this kind of crude, rude. Even the Farrelly brothers aren't making this kind of stuff anymore. It was a bit much. The reason why Claudia left that guy, yeah, because he was hitting her. And no, they, that's like, true too. And they made it auto like you didn't see it. But it was very audible, and yeah. it's like, geez. But I'm just thinking, that's like, and then a lot of the, some of the scenes that we've talked about yeah. with with the the milk and the cow, yeah, the the landlord's sex scene. And the, <laughs> did you watch the end of the credits? Because they show her how she uh, was in the back of the car practicing her her craft. I think I must have turned it off by that because I read were you something. drinking something? I read were you something. at a dispensary? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Should it ever be remade? We've already talked about the characters. Should it be remade? Yeah, why not? I think I think it could easily be remade without Claudia, with without or minimal Claudia, with, or with at least some tweaks mm-hmm. to what the characters are going to do with current and and tighten it up a little bit. Some of the critiques that we've already made about that, I think you could easily show more of the funny hustling like scenes. Yep, exactly. Yep. All right, so that is Kingpin. Our next movie next week, I have not told you what it's going to be yet, and I'm not going to tell you in this podcast, but I'm going to only tell you this. When I tell you what the movie is that we're going to do for next week, you're going to look at me and you're going to go, what? And you're not really going to be that enthused about it, but I will tell you this. You're going to watch the very first scene, and your whole attitude on this movie is going to take an upswing. So should I be drunk when I watch it? No. (laughs) You're going to, at the very least, you're going to enjoy the first three and a half minutes of this movie. Okay. And it is a sports movie. I think you're going to enjoy it more than you think you're going to enjoy it going in because of what it's about. But I guarantee you're going to love the first three minutes. Okay. It might not time out to exactly uh, three oh, Okay, I get the point. The first scene. Got it. Yeah. Ha- has to do with, well, I, I, I already I'm, think- just gonna, I'm gonna save it for that. I'm assuming I know where you're going with this. Bobby Hensley, Mm -hmm. good stuff as always. That's Kingpin. We'll talk to you next time. Two guys talking sports movies.